everyone. Welcome to the Green Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And I just want to say, before we jump in, my audio is a little different this week. I'm in a different location, but the conversation is still going to be amazing because I have Jackie Nugent, who is a plant forward registered dietitian and also a classically trained chef. She has five cookbooks, including her newest one, The Clean and Simple Diabetes Cookbook. Um, she's a Forbes Health Advisory Board member and a nutri nutrition contributor to The Healthy. And she's a private plant-based cooking coach and a former healthy cooking instructor at the Institute of Culinary Education. So we're gonna talk about all things plant-based eating and being a chef and how that translates to the everyday person. So Jackie, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Natalie. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to chat. And before we jump into everything, I wanted to ask you, I've been seeing this term thrown around a lot, and I know it means different things to different people, but what do you consider <laughs> plant forward? Okay, so plant forward to me means that you're eating at least like 50.1% plants. So um, it, it could like range from anywhere from like that 50.1 all the way up to 100. So basically meals are just centered around plants. And that's always going to be the first thing I, I think of when planning a meal rather than saying what's for dinner and you'll say, oh, burgers or steak or whatever. I'll always think of a plant as being like the main, the, the center of the plate or what I uh, build a meal around. I like that definition. It's interesting yeah. because plant-based doesn't even really have a true definition. That can mean different things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I kind of like the plant forward. It just like, I, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. Um, so, cause some people actually think of plant-based as, well, unless you're a hundred percent plant-based, you can't say you're plant-based. So it just, it kind of just like bridges that gap and people are like, oh, I kind of like, I, I kind of like that concept. Oh, yeah, for sure. Plant-based, I yeah. think, for a long time meant vegan to a lot of people. Right. And, and now it's kind of been a little bit more fluid, but plant-forward is another good way to, of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sticking with it for now. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your, your journey to become a chef. Did you become a chef before a dietitian, or how did that all – can you give me, like, a little background of your history? Okay. Well, I'll start with my birth. <laughs> it'll be very, it'll be very fast. Um, but um, yeah, I'm like, I grew up really fast. So I'm like, I, um, I grew up actually with a mother who is Lebanese and a caterer. So it's basically all food all the time. And, uh, but basically all of the meals were centered around meat, which is quite uh, different from how I'm eating now. But I think what I did was I went to school to be become a dietitian first to basically tell my mother everything she has been doing wrong with my meals all <laughs> of my life. Um, and then I um, worked for uh, like two or three years as a dietitian. And then I'm like, you know what? My mom was onto something with this really yummy food. So I decided, okay, I'm like, I truly do have a passion for cooking. And I was cooking my entire life with my mother as a caterer. And that was mainly because I had asthma growing up and I couldn't like play outside with everyone. So I just cooked inside with my mother all the time. So something sunk in there and then I um, finished culinary school. And th so then I was a dietitian and a chef and like, okay, now what do I do? Um, because actually at that time, like a hundred years ago, 
Um, there weren't that many of us. There were basically like three or four of us at that time that I finished culinary school as a dietitian. And um, so I decided, oh, well, I think I'll just move to New York and I'll figure it out. So that's kind of where I am. And I did, I kind of figured it out. Yeah, you definitely figured it out because you've done so many <laughs> different amazing things. And when did you start, like you said before, when you're planning a plate, you think of plants first. Was that always right. the case for you? Or when did that start happening? It kind of started happening in college. Um, and it, I don't know if it was really intentional. It just, I think, as I started learning more about nutrition, it just kind of was a, a natural transition to starting <clears throat> for starting to include more plants on the plate. So I never really called myself a true vegetarian, like in college or even right outside of college. But um, but most people looked at what I was eating. They're like, you definitely are a vegetarian. So um, it was just one of those things. I didn't want to put a label on it. I just liked plants and I um, liked how I felt about them. And I knew that they were good for me. And I'll have you share your social handles and everything at the end. But Jackie creates some really amazing food that I look at and I'm like, that looks easy, but also elegant like i want to do that at home do you think it's <laughs> difficult to develop a well-balanced meal without animal products i mean you use some probably like dairy and eggs and whatnot but you don't i don't think you use a lot of meat right no no i actually i don't use any meat anymore unless a company calls me and they're like oh we want you to develop recipes for us but we want you to put like an ounce of bacon on that salad. I'm like, okay, I can do that as long as it still meets kind of my definition of plant forward, that at least 50% plant. But personally, I don't eat meat. Um, but yeah, occasionally I do still um, like to include an egg or a little bit of dairy and nuts because one, I'm a New Yorker like you and mm -hmm. I don't want to pass up my slice of pizza every once in a while. And I like to enjoy birthday cake whenever it's someone's birthday. So there is usually a little bit of egg in there. So that's usually my egg and then my dairy intake um, for the most part. But but when I talk to people, like I, I was teaching at the Institute of Culinary Education for, I, I don't know, like 20 years. I don't want to age myself, but that's it's the truth. And I would do, um, I would work with a lot of um, the consumers. I, I taught classes for the public. And so many of the people I worked with, um, they were just like, well, I do like these recipes and I want to eat vegetarian, but what do I do? Like I have my meat, I have my grain and I have my vegetable on the plate. So what do I do with that meat? Do I just like put tofu there? So a lot of people are just not quite sure how to begin the process. And, and I think it's kind of, um, kind of, kind of moving yourself out of that traditional um, plate setup, where it's not necessarily an equal swap necessarily, but it's really thinking about plants and, uh, um, and the plant protein sources in so many different ways. So it's like you have your pulses, which are like your chickpeas and lentils and beans and you have nuts and seeds and, and you have your tofu and tempeh and, and of course, all those plant-based alternatives that we have now, like your plant-based um, burgers. So, um, so some of them can be considered kind of like the star of that um, plate, kind of like you used to do maybe a steak or a grilled chicken. But for the most part, I really think of um, developing that well-balanced meal 
in more of a mixed way. So it's basically just kind of think of a bowl meal or think of a stir fry, or you can think of a, a burrito. So those are just a little bit more of kind of the thought process behind planning, planning well-balanced meals. And it's easier than people really think. Um, just because protein is in the protein is like the biggest thing people the biggest hurdle I find people find. Um, and I think just realizing how much protein is in everything, including your vegetables and including your grains, I think helps to put more people at ease realizing that, oh, maybe it's not so difficult to get all of all of the things that I need. I I don't watch a lot of cooking shows, but I do watch Top Chef. And whatever I do, I like it because you learn a lot of stuff. But I think it's funny because yeah. they always start the plate with the protein, which is generally some sort of meat or seafood or chicken or whatever. And sometimes they'll have a, a vegan challenge and they all kind of go crazy. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> which are, It's classically trained chefs. I mean, some of them have Michelin stars and things like right. that. And it's crazy to me because what you said is true. There's, there's plenty of plant-based proteins that you can use. And I think people think maybe they're boring or they don't know how to use them. So what are your favorite plant-based proteins and and ways to use them. If you want to get the latest cutting edge information in the field of sports medicine, check out my new show, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Mike Reynolds. Each week I feature a new interview with some of the leading and emerging experts in our field so they can share their recent research, clinical experience, and best career advice. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, I guess I would say my favorite um, would be chickpeas, kind of like so many people. Um, and it's mostly because um, of my 50% Lebanese side. I grew up with them. So it's kind of like my comfort food. I actually, I even have this friend who like labels her friends by the names of <laughs> foods. So <laughs> she says, oh, you are hummus. You are totally hummus. So, uh, so um, so I don't know. She looks at me and just like, I don't, I don't know how that happens. But anyway, um, so chickpeas, but uh, definitely more than just hummus. Although it's like, you cannot come over to my apartment and open my refrigerator without probably seeing some kind of hummus in there. And um, so, but I like to do them in other ways. Like, I mean, roasting them and sprinkling them on salads or uh, sprinkling them kind of like uh, on soups or even mashing them up and, and, um, and making them like a scrambled egg. Um, so it's just, there's so many things that you can do with them. So I just find them and I zip open a can. I don't do the um, roasting of the, or, or the soaking of the, the chickpeas and, and then preparing them. I just, I make it easy. So I suggest other people make it easy on yourself too. If you think that uh, you're not going to um, take the time to soak beans or chickpeas and go through that process, then by all means, just go with the canned chickpea. It's um, basically the same thing. And um, so, yeah, so chickpeas would be one of my favorite um, plant-based proteins. And probably the other, I don't know, I'd probably lump it all together in like every nut on the entire planet would be my other favorite. <laughs> Am I allowed to put every nut in the, in the same category? Probably sure. not. <laughs> but, but okay, so peanuts and pistachios and walnuts and pecans and Oh, pine nuts. I'm a big fan of, um, and the list goes on. Well, pine nuts, I'm always like shocked at the price tag. So I buy yes. them occasionally, but, uh, it's funny. Uh, I was going to ask you if you cook them or not. 
because I beans mean going back to beans because I, I eat black beans almost every day because I do open the can, drain them, rinse them. And it's so easy. And I, I say that with plant-based proteins a lot. I did cook can or I, I cooked dry beans once during the year of 2020 because it was so hard to find canned products because everyone was buying everything off the shelf yeah. and I was like never again am I doing this it, it took hours <laughs> it took so uh, long yeah I mean once you once you get into the habit of it it's like oh you, you just kind of have to plan for it but I just I just find it just way easier and it's still very cost effective to go with a can and if people are concerned with like extra sodium I mean there is no salt added um, canned um, beans. And then of course there's um, um, organic, if that's something you're looking for. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it makes life so much easier. Yeah, I totally agree. What about dairy and eggs? I will be completely honest with everyone. I hate vegan cheese. I hate it. <laughs> like, we, like you said, I, I, like uh -huh. I will still eat regular cheese. I cannot do vegan cheese. I just have not found one that I like, but do you have a, a dairy or egg alternative that you like? Maybe you like vegan cheese, which is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what I do is I go to a lot of uh, trade shows, food shows like Expo East and Expo West and Fancy Food Show, et cetera. And I keep trying every single vegan cheese on the market. So, and they seriously are getting better. Every time I go to a show, I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I, don't have this hate relationship with them, maybe like you do. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's not quite exactly on the same playing field yet, I would say. But other than cashew cheese, I mean, a lot of the tree nut cheeses, I find are really delicious, the soft tree nut cheeses. So they're kind of more like a goat cheese or like that Borsan cheese it kind of falls into that category that those are the cheeses that I really enjoy. I actually saw a, um, a plant-based Borsan cheese at Trader Joe's the other day and I almost picked it up and then I was like, eh, am I going to be wasting my money here? So that's actually good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're really versatile. I mean, you can use them like cheeses or sprinkle them on salads, but I actually even use them kind of like a cheese sauce or an Alfredo sauce. I just toss them in with pasta and it kind of just creates this beautiful, alfredo style sauce so it's like magic okay good to know what about eggs do you have any egg replacements that you use in baked goods or things like that um in baked goods what i usually will do if i'm not using eggs um but for for me i would do chia gel so i would just take um chia seeds it's usually like i'll do like one tablespoon chia seeds to like three tablespoons of liquid and let that sit for 15 minutes and use that instead of one egg or each egg in a recipe. Um, and what I try to do is for that gel, like typically people might use water. I, I try to use a flavorful liquid so I'm not kind of um, watering down a recipe per se. So um, so it might be even just something like a, an almond milk or an oat milk or something, um, or it could be a juice that I use there. So chia gel, I'd say, would be my go-to. Some people like the, the flaxseed option. Um, I'm just a chia fan for some reason. And uh, if it's not a baked good, then I go back to that, like, chickpea thing. <laughs> I do the mashed chickpeas like a scrambled egg. That's really interesting. I don't know why I've never thought about, because I made a chia 
quote unquote egg before, but I just use water. But you're saying you use something like almond milk or juice just to give it more flavor? Yeah. So it just, I think about whatever, um, it's, it's basically recipe driven. So whichever recipe I'm making, I'm like, what do I think will be tasty in this recipe? So if it's a chocolate cake, it might be, oh, well, I think, um, like, I think one of those plant-based milks probably would work pretty well. Or maybe I want to have a little bit of a, a fruity accents. And then I might do, uh, it might be orange juice. So it's kind of like having that little bit of orange zest in a chocolate recipe, but instead this is like a little bit of orange juice that I added there. So it just depends on the recipe. Oh my gosh. I know that's like mind blowing to me. Why have I never thought of that before? <laughs> well, now you have. <laughs> Which leads us to my next question. Some people get stuck in a cooking rut, right? So how do you, yeah. what are some creative ways to get out of that rut using plant-based or plant-forward cooking? Um, let's see. I would say, I mean, you don't have to kind of like reinvent the wheel here. You can just, one thing that I like to do, and I do a lot of um, culinary workshops. And one thing that I do is I have everyone try different um, global seasonings um, just to take whatever they might be um, using um, on a regular basis. So I usually do this test with um, tofu. So I roast up tofu and then uh, our tofu cubes. And then I um, have everyone toss them with a different seasoning mixture. So it might be like cinnamon and mint might be that Lebanese flavor, or it might be garlic and tarragon, and that would be maybe a French flavoring. So I just have everyone make, take these seasoning mixtures, maybe just two or three different ingredients that kind of give you a different global flavor. And just by doing that, you have a completely different flavor profile for even that same tofu cube. And you'll want to, um, so it will help you want to eat that food more and more just because um, if you just kind of do it the same way all the time and you don't, you just do salt and pepper, I'm like, okay, maybe every once in a while, that's fine. But just by changing up the seasonings, you can really change the whole influence of an entire meal. Um, the same thing if you did um, something like with, with sauces, like it might be something like drizzling just tahini sauce over something um, to give it a new life, or it might be a peanut sauce if you want to go more like a Thai style. So I, I have a lot of sauces, um, maybe too many sauces and condiments in my my refrigerator, but they really do um, bring to life um, dishes that you might uh, find you're getting kind of like become a little bit humdrum over time. So that's one thing that I suggest. So it's really easy. Um, another would be um, pairing. So and um, that would be something like, um, and a lot of this comes from my my heritage, my my Lebanese heritage, why I do some of the things the way I do them. But let's say you have like a, a baby spinach salad and I'm like, okay, this is fine. Um, what I like to do with that is add fresh herbs to it. So I like to use fresh herbs more like a vegetable than I would like as a, um, just as like a garnish or something. So fresh mint is one of my go-tos for, um, for adding um, unique flavor. So the combination of adding fresh mint to a salad really, really makes it special and more fragrant and um, just more refreshing overall. Um, but you can do something like that with even just like basic ingredients, like 
um, blending potato and cauliflower to do like a little bit of a twist on a mashed potato. So some people do that just to lower the carbs, but I do that just because I like the flavor profile of it. So, um, so those are a couple, and then maybe another one I can add to that would be preparing something in a different, uh, in a way that you normally wouldn't. So, and I still play with this myself. I'm like, I wonder if I could stir fry that, or if I wonder what that would taste like on the grill. So recently I just, I started roasting cucumbers. I'm like, can you roast a cucumber? And, uh, and the answer is yes, you can roast hmm. a cucumber. And I put them in sandwiches. So, um, so yeah. So sometimes just like, it might be that aha moment and um, just by playing around a little bit in your kitchen, you can come up with these things. And this is why you're the chef. Cause I would, oh. it's, it's crazy with the spice mixture thing. That's so smart. And I was thinking, I guess you could kind of Google different spice mixtures, but I also know that yep. they, in supermarkets, they started selling, I always go to Trader Joe's, which is why I keep talking about it, but I know they start selling <laughs> kind of spice mixtures together that yes. you can just use that. Yeah, absolutely. Make it easier on yourself. Yeah, and I also, the herbs in a salad thing, I got that from Sweet, there's a place in New York City called Sweet Green, and it was the first time that I've ever, they put basil in with their salads, some of these salads, and I was, mm -hmm. my mind was blown, like, why have I not been putting basil in my salad before? It tastes so good. <laughs> so yeah. good. Those are really great, great tips. Cool. What about the people who find cooking intimidating, and they don't really know even where to start in the kitchen? What are some easy things that you can start Maybe you're not changing up your spice mixtures or adding herbs in yet, but you're just wanting to do a little bit just to cook, you know, your first meal. Uh, hmm, that's a tough one. I would, I mean, basically there's, what I find is everyone knows how to cook something. Like, um, so most people know how to make um, like spaghetti. And most people know how to, I mean, just boil water, add your spaghetti and add some sauce and that's spaghetti. And then most people know like how to do a scrambled egg and most people know how to do, make a sandwich, so like peanut butter and jelly. So basically I suggest just start with things that you know already and then just make one change to it. So it might be like that spaghetti with that sauce. It might be like, oh, well, I just grilled up some zucchini. Um, and then what you can do is like, oh, let me toss that zucchini in here and see what happens. And lo and behold, it's a really enjoyable meal. Um, it just gives you a lot more volume and a little bit taste difference. So sometimes it's just like making those um, small tweaks, but start with what you already know. If my, You would say that everyone knows how to scramble an egg, but my husband does not. <laughs> Sorry. Does no. he know how to fry it? Or he, so first, of all, he's he's a vegan now, but he used to eat eggs, okay. and he would he, he used to eat eggs every morning, and this would drive me insane. He would heat up the the pan and then put a little bit of oil down, and he would crack the egg right into the pan, and then he would use the spatula to like stir up the egg, and I'd be like, that is not how you do it. You have to whisk <laughs> the egg first, and then put it in the pan, and he didn't care that I, he did not care how many times I told him that. That is how he scrambled an egg, so. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's his way to do it, so, you know, sometimes you can come up with your own way that like, why are people doing whisking things in advance? You don't need to do that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's where he starts. And then he can then just like 
add leftover dinner vegetables into that scrambled egg the way he, well, now he doesn't do it, but that the way he used to do it would be add that into your scrambled old, whatever scrambled egg you make. And you have like a scrambled egg veggie mixture and, and that could be much more interesting. So I would do that with chickpeas, of course. <laughs> you really do love chickpeas. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's the theme here. <laughs> a question I get so much is that there's people who live in a household where most of the people eat meat, but they want to be vegetarian or vegan, but they want to also cook dinner for their family that is maybe more plant-based or plant forward how can they do that and get the meat eaters to eat what they're cooking maybe that I, I hear from a lot of people like my family doesn't really want to eat a lot of vegetables what are some ways to mm. maybe get around that mm, i don't know <laughs> i don't know um actually i wrote i i mean it's i mean some families it is really challenging and it's like i just i'm at my wit's end i don't know how to do this anymore um but i actually wrote a book called the with or without meat cookbook and what i did there was i mean it it actually was like my my worst seller of all my cookbooks but i really was passionate about it um because what it, i did there is um, I took vegetarian meals that um, you can start, you can make for the entire family. And then you could, for the vegetarians, you can just leave it as is, or it might be add a servant with um, a grilled eggplant as your steak, where the rest of your family, you're going to make regular steak steak. Um, so that way you don't end up cooking two different meals. It's like the main meal is the same for everyone. It just whatever you're adding on top of that basically is changing. So, so that way it's like, it's a little bit more plant forward for everybody, but it's not um, necessarily a hundred percent vegetarian for those who still want their meat. So that's one way um, just by starting with that main base. So it could be something like um, doing a bean chili. So that's your base of your meal. And for the vegetarians, they just eat the bean chili. And for the meat eaters, um, you can add some like ground turkey to it, and then they're going to enjoy that more. So, and it might just be a gradual change if you want them to get, um, you want them to eat um, less meat or poultry or fish over time. Um, so that's one thing that I would recommend. Another is, I mean, we have so many now um, plant-based alternatives. So it could be like you're going to that cookout and it's just like, make sure you have some plant-based burgers as well as regular burgers and see what happens. So sometimes it's surprising when people eat things on a grill and they don't, they just like see a burger and they eat a burger and they're like, oh, this is good. And then you tell them, oh, by the way, that was a veggie burger. And they're like, oh, I didn't think I would like it, but, but I do. So sometimes it's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, there's a lot of advances in these plant-based meats. Like the Impossible Burger, to me, tastes like a burger. I haven't had a burger in like yeah. ten years, so I don't, I can't, I can't say exactly, <laughs> but from my memory, it tastes like it. So, I, I, I mean, these tips are all amazing, and I think that people can actually gain more inspiration, whether they're a beginner or an advanced cook, from you. So they should go find you, follow you, buy your book. So where can people find more info from you? Uh, you can just go to my website at JackieNugent.com. So that's J-A-C-K-I-E-N-E-W-G-E-N-T, JackieNugent.com. And 
pretty much all of my um, social media uses my name. So Instagram is Jackie Nugent. Everything is Jackie Nugent. So um, I guess that's my brand. Yes, it is definitely. <laughs> my name. The, <laughs> which is a good brand to have. And I'll put all the links to all of your stuff in the description below. And thank you so much for chatting about plant-based cooking with us. Well, thanks so much for having me, Natalie. It was great chatting with you. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And if you want to learn more from me, follow me on social media at Greenleets or visit my website at greenleets.com.